right, let's take our Bibles tonight. We're going to turn to Psalms once again. Psalm 119 is where we're going to be this evening. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the first section of this chapter in Psalm 119 and just feel led to continue in that and consider some things about the Word of God. This chapter is known as the the Word of God chapter in the Bible. It's really the, the longest chapter in the Bible and really in context the whole thing is about God's Word. And I think that's fitting because there, there are a few things that are absolutely vital to our lives as Christians. Uh, I think of prayer as being something that's vital. It's our communication with the Lord. It's our fellowship with the Lord. And, and obviously the, the church is vital uh, to our walk with God. It's important as we try to grow as Christians to be in fellowship with one another and worshiping God together. It's the institution that he's put on this earth uh, through which we serve him. So prayer is vital and church is vital. But I don't know if there's any one thing that would be more vital to our health and spiritual well-being than the word of God, the Bible. And so we need it. And uh, honestly, I think most of the time we know that to be true, but sometimes maybe we don't really esteem it as highly as we ought to. And so as we look into Psalm 119 and other places as well, we're kind of reminded of the importance and the value of the Word of God in our Christian lives. So here we are tonight, Psalm 119, and we're going to begin in verse number 9. If you're able to stand for the reading of the Scripture, I'd encourage you to do that. We're going to read verses 9 through 16. Psalm 119, 9 through 16. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? It's a question that also has an answer. It says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. And then listen to these words. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes... Listen to this commitment. I will not forget thy word. You can be seated. This particular passage in Psalm 119 is really uh, somewhat of a... It's obviously a prayer to the Lord, and, and most of this is a, a prayer to the Lord, but, but this particular section is kind of a, a personal testimony and a plea with the Lord about the psalmist and his desires. He begins with the question, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? That's an interesting, it's an interesting question. It's a question that many people have not yet figured out the answer to. There are a lot of people in the world today that are looking for an answer on how can I uh, fix my life? How can I clean up my life? How can I solve the problem of my relationship with God? And, and, and what is the answer? And you see there are all kinds of, 
uh, of programs out there. I think of all the addictions programs and AA programs, 12-step type things to try and help people overcome uh, uh, strongholds in their lives. There are psychologists and psychiatrists that are out there trying to help people uh, really cleanse their way, if you will, and, 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 and deal with issues and problems in their life. And this question, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, is really a question for the ages. I mean, in every, in every age, there's been this kind of nagging question in the hearts of people. How does man deal with the issues and problems of life? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? But the answer comes by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And then from the very next verse, we get the idea that the psalmist here is not just talking in a general sense, but he really is speaking of himself because he says in verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Okay, so we're not just talking about like a, a general principle that the psalmist is trying to communicate here. He's actually speaking of himself and saying, uh, this is a personal testimony. Uh, I, I, I had a need to, to know and understand how to cleanse my way. I was in a, a desperate situation and I needed to know the answer. How do I fix this problem in my life? And I found the answer in God's word. And really that's true of every child of God, for all of us. There was a time in our life where we were lost. The Bible uses that term, lost. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were in bondage to our sin. We were uh, on the road to destruction. And, and by the grace of God, we came to understand this need in our life. We needed something else. We needed an answer to our problem, not just the, the external uh, symptoms of our problem, but we needed an answer to the root problem, which was that our heart wasn't right with God. And we found the answer to our problem in the gospel, that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried, he rose again the third day, that we could be saved. And we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and we were saved. But you know where we found that answer? We found it in the Word of God. The Word of God is what gives us the illumination and opens our eyes to, to our need and to the truth. And, and ultimately, everyone who is saved has come to that knowledge by the Word of God. By someone bringing the truth of the gospel to them. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse number 3, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Do you know it's actually the word of God that, that opens our eyes to the truth? Now, I understand that, you know, it may not be that, your testimony may not be that someone went through a series of scripture verses with you and pointed you to Christ, but ultimately that the message of the gospel is in the word of God, and that's where we find the answer to solve our needs. If you would hold your place here, but go with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 1. If, if someone is, is truly saved, they, they came to that knowledge by the word of God, not by just the word of men, but the, it was the word of God that opened their understanding to that. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 23, a, a familiar verse probably to many of us. It says this, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. 
That's how I was born again. The word of God entered, revealed to me my condition before God, revealed to me who he is and his holiness, and that I was not measuring up to his holiness, and that the only way that I could be forgiven was by the blood of Jesus Christ. It was the truth of the word of God that brought that revelation to me. And the same is true of you if you're saved. So the, the word of God is what, what cleanses us by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And by the way, this continues even after salvation. It's not just that uh, we cleanse our, our way in the sense of salvation by the word of God, but even after salvation. I want you to think of, uh, with me of, of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. What does it say? It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For what? For doctrine. That means it teaches us truth. It reveals truth to us. It's profitable for doctrine. But then it also says for reproof. What is reproof? Reproof is this. When we are out of the will of God and doing that which is wrong and, 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 and in disobedience to the Lord, ultimately it's his word that shows us that we're wrong. It calls out our sin. It reproves us. But it doesn't stop there. It also says it's profitable for rebuke. Now rebuke and reproof are similar, but they're slightly different. Rebuke is this. Reproof is you're wrong. Rebuke is here's how you get right. Here's how you fix that problem. And so the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for correction, right? For, for re reproof. But then it also says for instruction in righteousness. Instruction righteousness. We could say it this way. The word of God teaches us what is right. It shows us when we're wrong. Shows us how to get right and how to stay right. That's what it does. It's, it's profitable. The word of God is profitable for us in cleansing our way. In getting right as well as staying right. And here in, in Psalm 119, the psalmist is talking about this. He asks that question, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And he says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Then he says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Uh, because I learned how to get right by the word of God, I, I learned to seek after God. I, 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 the Lord gave me a desire through his word to seek him and to know him. With my whole heart have I sought thee. He says in verse number 12, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Verse 13, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. The, the word of God revealed to me my need, brought me to Christ, cleansed my way, and gave me a hunger for God. It gave me a desire to know him and to seek him and ultimately to proclaim him to other people. And this is my testimony. I have done that. And so many of us really could say the same thing. We could tonight probably spend more time than what we have and just talk about the things that God has done in our lives through his word to bring us to salvation, to bring us 
to correction. I know for me, as, as even as someone who was saved, but living in rebellion against God, the Lord used his word to correct me, and he used his word to, to draw me back to himself. And, and, and I've told you my testimony before. It really was when I finally started studying the Bible for myself and, and reading the Bible for myself that I began to draw nigh unto the Lord. And I began to preach the word of God and proclaim it to other people. That's my testimony. And that was the testimony of the psalmist. And, and for so many of us here, we could say the same thing. But I want you to notice that he's spoken of his testimony, but he also mentions a concern that he has. Look with me at verse number 10. He says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. And then here's his prayer. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. The psalmist here is, is, is acknowledging that God made a change in his life ultimately through his word. He brought him to salvation. He brought him to a place of desire and hunger for truth. He's been a faithful servant of God. But there's an awareness that is constantly in his mind and his heart. There is no guarantee that just because I was this way that I will stay that way. Now, I'm thankful that our salvation is eternal. I'm thankful that I never have to be concerned of th that I'm going to fall from grace or, or, or lose my salvation. I don't have to fear that I'm going to die and go to hell because God has promised me that that's not the case. I have, I have the promise of God that I have eternal life, that I shall never perish that's, that's God's word. I don't have to worry about losing my salvation. But I do need to be concerned, and so do you, need to be concerned that every single one of us here has the ability to wander out of the will of God. The Bible is full of examples and testimonies of people who started well but never finish well. I think of someone like King Saul. We remember Saul mostly for the failures of his life. Much of the account of Saul's life was him rebelling against the Lord, disregarding the, the words uh, of God through the prophet Samuel, uh, attacking the, the future king of Israel, David, and trying to kill him. And, and really, we just see him as, a, as an evil, wicked man. But I want you to know, Saul started out really well. Saul had a good start. Or we could think about Solomon, who had a great start, and really for the majority of his life, was a great and godly man, one of the greatest kings Israel ever had. And in the end of his life, he forsook the Lord and worshipped and served false gods. We could mention lesser known kings of Israel like Asa and Uzziah who were good kings. But in the end of their life they didn't seek the Lord. And they just went out of the way. The New Testament mentions a man by the name of Demas. Demas was a companion of Paul. He was... Uh, busy serving the Lord, but the last testimony that we have of Demas is this, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. That was the end testimony of his life. 
Those are some biblical examples, but let's bring this home a little bit further. You and I both know and could list many people who sat right where you sit, served alongside of you, maybe influenced you for good and for the Lord, but today, spiritually speaking, they're nowhere to be found. I have had in my life friends, confidants even, people that I am extremely close to or have been extremely close to, people who challenged me to be more like Christ and challenged me to love the Lord and challenged me to be a, a man of prayer and to study His Word. And today, if I could take you and show you where their life is, you would question if they're even saved. I know them and you know them and I just want you to know and think about this and consider this tonight. It doesn't matter where you have been. There's not one of us here that is above the propensity or ability to fail at the end of our lives. To wander from the will of God. To get out of the way that God would have us in. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 in verse number 27. He said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. He gives the reason. He says, lest that by any means when I have preached to others... I myself should be a castaway. Even Paul, that great apostle and missionary, recognized the ability in his own sinful flesh to fail the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12 says this, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. The psalmist here in, in this psalm is saying, Lord, my testimony is that you showed me how to cleanse my way. You gave me a desire to know you, and I've sought you with my whole heart, and I have with my lips declared thy judgments. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I mean, I have delighted myself in the word of God, but my prayer is this, don't ever let me wander from thy statutes. Don't let me ever fail you. Don't let me get out of your will. Don't let me go back to a life lived for myself. Help me to stay true to you. Help me to stay grounded in the Word of God. You see, it's the Word of God that anchors us. That keeps us steadfast in the faith. I wonder what it is that we spend our time thinking about and dwelling on and meditating on. Where we spend our, our efforts and, and our energy and, and our time. If you listen to the counsel of this world and all the talking heads in the world today, I can tell you you're not going to be very grounded and settled. If you spend all your time consuming all the garbage of the world, you're not going to be anchored in truth. But if you will delight yourself in the Lord and in His Word, you'll find a stability and a strength there. 
And so I want you to notice the psalmist's commitment here. His concern was, Lord, don't ever let me wander from your statutes. But notice his commitment. Look with me at verse number 11. He says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. He said, I'm trusting that by feeding myself the word of God, it's going to keep me right where I need to be. Verse 12, blessed art thou, O Lord. Here's his request, teach me thy statutes. Help me to know your word. Verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. What's he saying? Your word brought me to a place where I was made right with you. Your word gave me a hunger to know you. Your word guided and directed me. Your word revealed you to me. And because I don't ever want to get out of your will, and I don't ever want to get out of the way that you would have me to go, I am going to commit myself to delight myself in your word, to study your word, to meditate in your word, to learn your word, and in doing so, I can be confident that I'm not going to wander from thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. He said in verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. What do you meditate on? What do you think about throughout the day? It's one thing to get up in the morning and follow a Bible reading schedule and, and make it a point and, and have a, the discipline to read the Word of God every day. And I think every one of us ought to be doing that. But it's really not enough just to read the Bible, close it, and say, okay, tomorrow I'll pick it up again. That, that really isn't the point. The idea is this, we are to feed ourselves the word of God and feast on his word, to meditate on his word. I know that the example has probably been overused, but it really is a, a good example that example of certain animals which chew the cud. I grew up around a dairy farm, and uh, I always found it fascinating that the, the cows, well, you'd feed them, but you'd watch them eat, and then you could watch them throughout the day, and they were just constantly chewing. Even though they hadn't eaten in a while, they are still chewing on that which they, were, they had eaten before. And you know the disgusting process that they kind of have a, 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 a multi-stage digestion where they'll eat something and bring it into their first stomach and then bring it back up and chew on it and bring it into their second stomach. And, and they have four stomachs and they do that throughout the day. They just eat on it, chew on it. Now that might be kind of gross to us, but that is really what we're supposed to do with the Word of God. You ought to get up in the morning and the first thing that should come into your mind is God's Word, His truth. Feed yourself with it. But then you don't just close the book and forget about it. You're to meditate in it. 
You're to chew on it throughout the day. You're, you're to allow it to affect you and influence you. I want you to notice some of the words here in, in, in these few verses. Let's go back to verse number 9. It says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The answer is this, by taking heed thereto. Taking heed according to thy words. Take heed. What does it mean to take heed? It means to actually obey, to practice, to do what it says. Verse number 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Take heed, seek. Verse number 11, thy word have I hid in mine heart. Hide the word of God. In other words, retain it. Verse 12, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. We could say it this way rather than teach there. The, 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 on the, to be on the receiving end of teaching is to learn. Take heed. Seek. Hide. Learn. Verse 13, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Declare it. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. Verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget. Those would be some good words for us to remember. Whenever, whenever we receive the word of God, whether it's through preaching or, or through a devotion or, or your own personal Bible study and reading, you ought to be thinking, how can I heed this? How can I seek the Lord through this? How can I hide this in my heart? How can I learn from this? How can I declare this to, to others? How can I rejoice in this? How can I meditate on this and, and have respect unto this? And how can I delight myself in this? You see, these, these words are words of instruction that show us how desperately we need the Word of God in our lives. Folks, if, it's wonderful that most all of us in here can give testimony to say, you know what, by the word of God, I got right. I got saved. The Lord cleansed my way. Some of us could give testimony of being delivered from strongholds and addictions and different things. We could say, by the word of God, I cleansed my way. That's great. Getting right is wonderful. How about staying right? How can we stay in fellowship with God? Ultimately, it's through His Word. Are you in the Word of God? Are you meditating in the Word of God? Are you heeding it in your life and obeying it? That famous passage in James 1, I, I reference it often. The Bible says that if, if we are hearers of the Word but not doers, that we're deceiving our own selves. A lot of people think that they're spiritually better off because they go to church. Did you know that's not true? It's not true. If you think that you're right with God because you faithfully attend Mount Zion Baptist Church, you're mistaken. Now, if you want to be right with God, you need to be in church and you need to be listening to preaching and, and, and being fed the Word of God. A lot of people think they're right with God because they read the Bible. 
But those things don't make you right with God. Because hearing the word of God is only part of the formula. You must also heed the word of God. Apply it in your life. Let it change you. And it will do two things. It will get you right and it will keep you right. So tonight the challenge is really very simple. Delight, delight yourself in the word of God. Feed yourself the word of God. Heed the word of God. So that you can stay right with God. So that you can stay in fellowship with him. 